Hello and welcome to the broadcast. This is a ministry of North Harford Baptist Church in Jarrettsville, Maryland. Visit us online at northharford.org. All right. Psalm 11. Trust in God no matter what. Trust in the Lord no matter what. Verse 1. In the Lord I take refuge. Now how can you say to my soul, flee like a bird to your mountain? For behold, the wicked bend the bow. They fitted their arrow to the string to shoot in the dark at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? We don't know all the details of exactly what was going on here. But David is being encouraged to flee and go and hide. Now we know that sometimes he actually did. He was on the run quite a lot. A lot of people wanted to kill David. Well... A few very powerful people who garnered a lot of people. Let's put it that way. Um, yep, friends, even family. But anyway, he's uh, he's saying, how could you say that to me? I, and it's in the Lord I take refuge. Verse 4, and the Lord is in his holy temple. You know, for the, that's the critical point for David in terms of his theological you know, convictions that's going to get him through this difficult time at all times. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. In his eyes, see, his eyelids test the children of man. The Lord tests the righteous, but his soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. Let him rain coals on the wicked, image of judgment and vindication for the righteous. Fire and sulfur and a scorching wind shall be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous, and he loves righteous deeds, and the upright shall behold his face. You know, with all that's going on in our lives and with all that's going on in the world, it's a lifetime project to continue to grow in trusting the Lord at all times. At all times. We are a people, and we live in the midst of a people who've made an idol out of personal comfort and ease. And sometimes we don't deal with it quite so well when times of difficulty and suffering come. But in those times, we must trust in the Lord no matter what. Verse 4, we trust that He reigns over all. He reigns over all. We can trust in that no matter what. The Lord is in His holy temple. That's heaven. The Lord's throne is in heaven. So He's not there doing um, some unknown activity or some arbitrary things, killing time. He's reigning. That's what the Lord's throne is, imagery of his reign, his rule over all things. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. Therefore, we can trust that he reigns over all things. He doesn't take a day off. He doesn't take seasons of our lives off. Secondly, in the second part of verse 4, you see that he sees all. We can trust that the Lord rules over all. We can trust that he sees all. His eyes see, his eyelids test the children of men. That's called an anthro, meaning man, pomorphism, meaning in the form of. It's talking about God in the form of a man. It's talking about God as, as if he has the attributes of a man. It's an anthropomorphism. God does not have literal eyes, created eyes, or eyelids. But it's talking about that nothing escapes God. He knows all. He sees all. And we can trust that. We can trust that he reigns over all. We can trust that he sees all. 
Number three, in verse five, we see that we can trust that he does test his children. The Lord tests the righteous, but his soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. God disciplines us because he loves us as his very own. We are his children. Like a father or a mother who loves their children will discipline them. The Lord tests the righteous, and that testing produces steadfastness, and steadfastness produces character and strengthens us in our faith and strengthens us in our hope. We need to be tested. We need to be disciplined. We need to go through difficult times. God will use those to sanctify us, so we can trust that he will do that. We don't need to despise that. We need to embrace that. He reigns over all. He sees all. He tests his children. Number four, in see in verse six, we can trust that he does judge the wicked. Let him rain coals on the wicked. Fire and sulfur and the scorching wind shall be the portion of their cup. All of the wicked who don't come to Christ for salvation will come under judgment. Right now, final judgment is being restrained until the end. But one of the clearest things in the Bible is that at different times in history, God is free to intervene and bring about judgment on a nation, on a king, on a person. God is free to judge whenever he pleases. It's by his mercy, only by his mercy, that the world continues on. God is mercifully restraining his judgment and graciously bestowing salvation. Hey, if you want a Christian philosophy of history, that's it right there. In order to work out his purpose in time and history, God is restraining final judgment. Otherwise, there'd be no humanity. But he's also bestowing grace, patiently enduring rebellion. Now, he judges the wicked, and we can trust that. In the end, all will come under judgment, even if it doesn't happen in an intervening way. Like we're talking about that a lot in the book of Daniel in this class, where God intervenes. For, for instance, Nebuchadnezzar came under a historical judgment. Finally, number five, so we... Trust in God at all times, right? No matter what. Trust that he reigns over all. Trust that he sees all. Trust that he tests his children. Trust that he judges the wicked in his time, in his way. And number five, trust that God is righteous and that he loves righteousness. He is a righteous God. Verse seven, the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds and the upright shall behold his face. So the Lord is righteous. He's the standard of what's right. He's the standard of what's good. It's based on his character. All of his thoughts are right. All of his ways are right. All of his opinions, which are not opinions, right? But all of his evaluations of things in the world are the right evaluations. And he loves righteous deeds. He loves deeds, acts, words, things, anything that reflects his righteousness in the world. He loves because it manifests his glory and brings him praise and honor. The Lord is righteous, and we can trust in that. We can trust that no matter what, he's making the right decisions. We can't say that about ourselves. We can't say that about any person in our lives. We can say it about God. But we can trust that he is righteous, and he loves righteous deeds. He will do what's right. And then I love the, the last phrase of this psalm, the upright shall behold his face. You go all the way back to verse 4. Where is the Lord? The Lord's in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. So God is reigning in heaven. And you go to the last clause of this psalm, uh, verse 7c. 
the upright shall behold his face. One day you'll be in heaven. One day you'll be before the throne of God. And this is something that's said specifically about the upright. So this is talking about sharing heavenly fellowship with God. All will stand before God's judgment seat one day. But this is about beholding his face, beholding and receiving the favor of God in heaven. What a great destiny. Nothing in the world can offer us this. Let's pray.